by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Tonight we're going to chat with Bea Jackson. She's an artist and an illustrator, and we're going to talk about uh, working with kids and her arts and how she became an artist and all kinds of good stuff. Here's Bea. Hi, B. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, the holiday season is very exhausting, but it's fun. It's a fun time. <laughs> oh, my God. Holiday season already. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Oh. <laughs> uh. I mean, it's just Halloween to now. I mean, they're already talking about Thanksgiving and and, and Christmas. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> well, for me, Halloween is the big one. That's when all my friends want to go out and wear costumes and everything. And that's when we have all the big events. So it actually gets a little uh, more calm for me, like towards November and December. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything against this. Just, I don't understand why people have it thus so early. Uh, marketing. Yeah, it's got to be only that because it just kind of, and they're into it. I mean, I, I understand. I have a friend in Europe who always decorates for every holiday, but she decorates near the holiday. <laughs> like Halloween she's doing now, you know, and you know, or I think she decorated last week, but you know what I mean. It's it's not months before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually my my friends and stuff they start like October first. It's just we call it the Halloween month. Everything else is like not as important <laughs> for some reason. That's just the universal universal holiday that like all my friends seem to enjoy the most. Okay, that sounds cool. All Hallows Eve. <laughs> Personally, I, I don't mind Halloween, but um, the one I really enjoy is Thanksgiving, basically because I like the meal. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, the food at Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to like about it. <laughs> I mean, the holiday's important, blah, 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 and nice and all that stuff, but... Um, not to the, the people, the first people, you know, they don't think it's that nice, you know. So, and I don't blame them. Um, but, yeah, but I do like to have the food. I like the turkey. I like the cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you on that at all. Some mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's tasty. Uh yeah. Well, I just wondered, are you doing anything special for Halloween since Halloween is your special your special day? Are you doing anything tonight? Uh, not tonight, actually, besides this interview. <laughs> so, um, but uh, for Halloween, I usually keep it taken easy on Halloween day. It's usually all before. So I went to... Um, some shows that were like on uh, Broadway. Uh, there's some costume Halloween parties uh, that I go to. Uh, it's just an opportunity to dress up, like take the costumes that you like put together over the past couple of years or modify it and just see what comes out. So uh, that's the really fun part about it. So is it artist friends that are doing it? Uh, yes, yeah, pretty much uh, my friends that are into it are all artists. So is it sort of like the your version of the red and white ball? 
<laughs> or black and white ball. I don't remember. You know, it was black and white ball because artists deal in color, so they have their everything, and the ball is black and white. <laughs> uh, I would say for us, it's black and white since uh, me and the, the my closest friend that do it a lot. We pretty much dress up. It looks like we're a couple. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, uh, they're usually dressed in like tuxedo with like a skull mask, and like I'm usually like uh, in all black Victorian garb. I just look like a, a Victorian lady, or I um, throw on a, a witch's hat to add that extra pizzazz and stuff like that. But we have pieces that we've collected over the years that like really build that aesthetic. And some pieces, like with my friend, she made her own mask and. Um, or modified her own mask to kind of get that look. So we look like a couple of Grim Reapers. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's our vibe. I don't know if I'm the spirit and she's the Reaper or or what, but uh, that's the style that we usually go for. And did you, like, go to a party um, or something? Is that what you could do, that somebody throws a party for this earlier than Halloween? Sometimes. I mean, right now, like, I didn't have, like, a lot of parties this year, but in the past, uh, yeah, so we have a lot of uh, theme parties, and it's not always Halloween. It, it can be around just the general holiday season, so we had a murder mystery 1950s party where everybody had to dress up, like, during the 1950s. Uh, that was really fun. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I like that. That That's more my cup of tea. <laughs> So, yeah, that was really fun, having to find, like, a costume for that. But um, and then every now and again, like, if I'm going to, like, certain museums or different events, I have different costumes for that. Uh, so I have a, a Jack Skellington um, uh, outfit that I've put together. Um, so I, I play around with it. I just keep, I keep what I've collected over the years. I modify it if I need to. I have a collection of hats and stuff like that. But it's a really good time to, you know, express creativity. And I think that's why we gravitate more towards Halloween is because we can, you know, get that self-expression out. It's pretty much the only time of year where it's acceptable to just dress incredibly weird if you want to, <laughs> unless you're doing a ugly sweater Christmas party. <laughs> so, You know, I never understood that until I saw – I love – I like British shows, and there there's a Britcom called Miranda, and they had an episode where they had an ugly sweater contest during Christmas, and I go, oh, is that what they're all talking about? Okay, now I understand. Because <laughs> I never, I, I've been to Christmas parties, but nobody ever had one of these ugly, uh, ugly sweater things, and I'm just like, what the heck are you guys all talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I try to go for cute, ugly sweaters, though, so I guess I'm not playing the game exactly right. But, but yeah. <laughs> It has to be at least attractive to you. <laughs> yeah, unless I just want to really go all out and just be, like, a complete weirdo about it <laughs> and, like, weird out my friends. But I generally go for something cute and aesthetic at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh Yeah, the the sweaters that they wore were crazy. <laughs> yeah. The guy uh, that one had a, a reindeer with a top hat and sunglasses. <laughs> it was, it well, that's was weird. <laughs> that's unique, though. I can appreciate it. But the only way I've ever seen that is from a TV show. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. Like, if you just want to go to the holiday party all dressed, dressed up so long as the host doesn't mind or, you know, feel like it's disrespectful, you know. I think it's cool to have get-togethers that are fun like that. Um, but, you know, I just think it's interesting, like, the different holidays that some artists tend to gravitate towards, like, for different reasons. And that's pretty much universal around my friend group. We all went to uh, College for Creative Studies. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I met them and it's just been something that we've had as a tradition for over 10 years that's why you don't have to dress like a giant pink rabbit 
That was an uh, episode of an old TV show I loved when I was a kid. Um, it was called Macmillan and Wife with Rock Hudson and Susan St. James. And Rock Hudson, uh, Susan St. James wanted uh, Rock Hudson to dress in a costume, and he kept saying, no. He goes, I'll dress as a policeman. I'll come as what I am. And she goes, no, you got to Anyway, it went back and forth, and, and finally the police chief said because there was going to be a jewel robbery that he had to dress in a costume, and the only costume left was a big pink, and he's over six feet tall, so it was a big pink six-foot rabbit with big feet. <laughs> if you can imagine Rock Hudson in a pink bunny outfit. That sounds funny, though. It I mean, was. I'm going to and and um and so they're at this party and um their names are Mac and Sally and uh, Sally says to Mac that she wants to dance and he goes how because he has these big feet and she goes oh I know and she she steps on the feet she's dressed as a cat but she looks really cute <laughs> she looks she, she looks beautiful so she dances with her with her little feet that had the little um, little ribbons around it. You know, it was so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, I love that show. Um, it was back a long time ago. I was, I was a little girl when it was on, and that tells you how long ago it was. <laughs> no, I understand. But, yeah, I love that show. That was so much fun. Um they used to have a thing called the Sunday Night Mystery Movie. And the most famous one that came out of that was Columbo. I'm sure you've heard of that. <laughs> nope, that would be a new one for me. You never heard of Columbo? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Columbo's was, do you know who Peter Falk was? I'm terrible with names. <laughs> so, um, I can sometimes remember, like, the different shows. But I never watched too much TV uh, growing up, and I don't watch much TV now. It's just weird. I was pretty much always, like, in my own little world. So the shows that I can remember from when I was younger is probably Gilligan's Isle uh, and um, the old-school Wonder Woman, old-school Batman. It's like the older <laughs> shows. I love those shows. So I, you're talking about the Linda Carter uh, Wonder Woman and the Adam West Batman, right? Yes. Yeah, I those are. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Carter looks almost exact. I mean, she it must be in her almost 80, and she still looks gorgeous. Very beautiful. Yeah. Her and Barbara Eden ha must have like the fountain of youth in their backyard. <laughs> Yeah, I used to try to skip school just to see Wonder Woman. It didn't always work, but um, those are pretty much the shows outside of, like, stuff that would come on, like, Cartoon Network and, and things like that. I just spend a lot of time um, drawing, mm -hmm. and I, I still do. So, like, when I, when I draw, I can't watch shows, so I listen mostly to, like, audio or music. So I guess like with the coming of the internet, a lot of my time is like spent on YouTube, just listening to different channels or uh, podcasts and and uh, things like that. So I don't have a wealth of knowledge with a lot of the older shows, unfortunately. That's okay. Did you ever uh, uh, do you, when you listen to the do you watch like mysteries or um, what do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a lot of. Um, documentaries. Uh, I also listen to uh, true crime. True crime I listen to occasionally. It can get a bit dark, so I switch it up. Uh, I find a lot of uh, interesting things about like uh, dating podcasts. Which <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Like, the dating world is sounds like it is utter chaos, but you know, good for people who are in it right now. Like, I'm not into dating um, at the moment, but I find it fascinating for some reason. Uh, but it's usually historical stuff, so it's like things that I can listen to without having to look up from from what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, I also listen to, like, a lot of Reddit stories. That's, like, more of a new thing that I, uh, that I hear. And 
it's a good way for me to like learn about things that I haven't known about before, like get different people's perspectives on things. Um, so I feel like it's helped me like in a lot of ways and like understanding where different people are coming from, their, their reasonings for different things. And uh, just seeing how the world works outside of my room. <laughs> yeah, I saw a Reddit thing that I was like, oh my God, people are so strange. Um, it was about book, I love books, so it was about book clubs, and uh, am I a jerk if I um, kick somebody out of the book club because they don't follow the rules? And some of the things are just like, uh, well, yeah, you're being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> am I the a-hole is uh, the pretty much uh, common phrase. So it's interesting, though, but I do like those types of posts because, like, I think it does encourage people to, like, step outside of, like, potential echo chambers or their own bubbles to kind of see, like, what the perspective is because if you're, like, locked in your own way of thinking and you don't really have much outside input, especially today where so many people, like, are are isolated on their phones, I think it helps kind of have those other communities kind of say like hey yeah you might have been wrong for this decision we can understand why you did it in some cases not all cases but uh opening the door to have like different perspectives i think is really good and it's uh, allowed me to think about certain decisions or choices that i make like am i this for you know this reason like if i make this decision would i be in the wrong so I think it does encourage some sense of empathy uh, and self-reflection, from my perspective, anyway. You know what I find very odd uh, uh, today? There are so many ways to communicate. There are so many ways to uh, talk to each other. And yet we are more isolated than we've ever been in the history of the world. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the U.S., I mean everybody. Uh, you know, if you go to a cafe in the old days, people talked to each other. They met each other. They made friends with each other. They chatted over whatever their thing was. Now that you go to, like, a Starbucks and everybody's staring into their phone or into their um, whatever, little laptop, but I can't remember, tablet, uh, and, and, and they're not even looking around them. Uh, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. Like, I've never wanted to be, like, uh, too wrapped up in my phone. Um, and this was something that I had been into um, earlier on. Like, I'm, I like to experience things in the moment. So I would actually get into buses with some of my friends who uh, wanted to take pictures of our food and wouldn't let me eat it. <laughs> Like, I encounter stuff like that. So I do appreciate certain environments where it's like, okay, you know, put your phone away so that you can enjoy and connect with the person that's in front of you. But I think that uh, nowadays, since a lot of people are so isolated, there's a lot of uh, anxieties and um, antisocial, uh, you know, antisocial energy that's going about where it's kind of hard to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to kind of just, you know, fall into your phone so that you don't have to deal with that discomfort. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that's going on behind it, um, just from my own observations of how I'm, like, taking things. But I do understand it, like, from a certain perspective. But I, I just try to be – I try to live in the moment, like, when I'm, when I'm out. I try to just experience what I have there. I don't take a lot of pictures which a lot of my friends get upset about. They're like, you went to this other state and you didn't take any photos. I'm like, yeah, I was just enjoying it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I get chewed out a little bit for it. Um, but I find joy in that, like just living in the moment and like locking those moments in my memory. And it's also, well, when I was traveling, uh, I haven't traveled for a while since before the pandemic. And when I used to travel, it was you're you're there. You're you may never be there again. Be a tourist. Look at the sights. Go have fun. Don't just you know pose for pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
you know, if you're in London, don't post for pictures. I mean, I have some pictures of myself, but most of my pictures are of the, like when I was in London, I took pictures of Stonehenge or Tower of London or Buckingham Palace or the changing of the guards. I was a tourist. I said I may never come there again, and I haven't yet. And I want to be as much of a tourist as I can. That's my philosophy wherever I go. It's different in a way. <laughs> You know? I think it's a good philosophy to have. You know, just experience things. And yeah. I noticed that some of my some of the people that I talk to are kind of like starting to just embrace the moment, which I think is really good. Yeah. But you know, everybody has their own thing. Like I don't I don't judge those who are more involved in their phones. Like they probably have their their reasons and stuff. I just you know, just for me, I just like to live in the moment. I understand that. It's more fun. Yeah. If you're if you're somewhere and you're like there, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your moment. That's important. Um. Okay, so I wanted to uh, ask you. Um, since I last talked to you, um, how have you been doing with your art? Anything new and exciting? Any shows or? Anything like that, or books that are come have come out, or? Uh yes, I've actually had quite a, a a few books that actually came out this year. Um, this year was like utter chaos for me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there was just for, for some reason like I had a lot of uh, projects, and it was like as soon as I finished one, I was like I had to immediately jump onto the other. So. I had learned a lot about, uh, you know, managing very stressful deadlines and keeping everybody happy, but, um, and and also just, like, learning more about working under pressure and still being able to be, you know, creative and, you know, proud of the work that I do, but um, I have a a few books that that, uh, dropped this year. One of them is uh, 12 Hours of Christmas. And it was a Christmas book um, that is like a play on the 12 hours where you have the song. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, everything is in written format, and it focuses on this family, and they're going through, and there's a kitten that's hiding, like, throughout the entire book. And there's, like, little games that are built into the book. And that was really fun to do because I had to figure out how to translate that into illustrations. <laughs> so... I love really I love books that kind of challenge me in that way, and um, I've been doing more historical books that focus on uh, different historical figures from the civil rights movement. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the books is called Unstoppable, and it's a story about uh, Bayard Rustin. <gasps> I was uh, watching a, a whole thing on Sunday, uh, uh, the Sunday CBS morning show. And they were talking about him. Uh, yes, they actually had um, uh, the book that I did for for him on the shelf. I think it was like yeah, like four four around four minutes fifty seconds because they sent me a link to it. Like I usually get stuff that's sent to me. Like I'm, I'm usually like working all the time, so it's really cool when they send me stuff. Like hey, it'll it'll be on here. But um, I thought that was really cool because it was. Like in doing that book, in doing the illustrations for the book, it was my first time actually hearing about Bayard Rustin. Yeah, I'd never heard of so, him either. I mean, and it's funny because how often have we heard about the March on Washington? I mean, it's a, one of the most famous moments in history. I never heard of the man who was the architect. It's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really it's it's really amazing because I got to do. Um, an event, uh, it's a feast where we, we basically have to uh, speed date, pitch our books to like different booksellers. So I had to do that for um, Bayard Rustin's book. And it was really cool because I got to ask people, I was like, have you ever heard of this person? And uh, most people hadn't. Uh-uh. And, I was, <laughs> and I was like, that's really cool because like, this, well, it's not cool that you haven't heard of, no, heard of this person. No, of course not. But um, the reason why, you know, because we could tell his his story now, like his story was suppressed because he uh, was an openly gay man. 
So, you know, to be able to tell his story and, you know, the things that he had went through, you know, that was a very interesting perspective for me to illustrate because I've never heard of this person. So, like, every page and panel that I had to illustrate, it was educational, educational for me as well. So I love projects like that where I get to know somebody that I may have never heard of before. Mm-hmm. I get to learn about their life and, you know, help in sharing their story. Yeah, I thought but, it was fascinating. I was just, I can't, I, I was sitting there and I'm like, I can't believe I've never heard of this guy. I've read all these books. I've seen all these shows. I've seen, watched all the movies and I never heard of this man before. <laughs> Yep, and they actually have a movie about him uh, coming out. I think that that's what they said, like in the uh, in the it, in the link that was on the t- on the TV. Yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to see that um, to to learn more about about him, as I think that the movie can also go in a bit more depth about it. But I really love projects like that where I can learn. Mm-hmm. And um, now. I'm starting to delve into more fantasy art, oh. which is what my passion is. <laughs> so I love historical works. I love, like, little fun, playful books like the 12 Hours of Christmas. And uh, But my, my true passion is fantasy. Like, between sci-fi and fantasy, fantasy is the one that, that wins me over. So I've been getting a lot of books, uh, a lot of book covers um, that focus on the fantasy element, where there's a lot of magic involved, so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> See, that's I'm the kind of fantasy magic. I like, too. I love uh, uh, fantasy with magic in it. That's, like, one of my favorites. <laughs> but I'm, I'm learning how to paint magic effects. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. That's what my next question is. How do you paint magic? <laughs> yeah, I have to find, like, the right brushes and the right techniques to, like, get different looks but like I've been developing it because I've been getting a lot of projects that do involve magic and magic illustrating the the magic look is just very <laughs> difficult for me because I have to rewire my brain and trying to understand like how these things are forming it's kind of like trying to illustrate smoke yeah you don't understand how to <laughs> illustrate smoke so I usually start with something really soft and then like build up layers closer inward to kind of get the more stronger lines and get that like smoky look um, and then add some sparkles on top. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now uh, and you know just trying to figure that out but I'm, I'm still developing it and uh, there is a book that I'm working on right now um, which is actually my first book that is written and illustrated by me I got I managed to get a book deal which I'm very fortunate for um, through Simon and Schuster doing a book about fairies wow that's the so, deal that's cool congratulations I am very excited about it I can't say much much more about it but um, there will be a lot of magic <laughs> in cool. that I have that I'm still like developing the illustrative process for because some things I do kind of have to sit down and really teach myself how to figure out uh, I am a self-taught artist so like there's a whole process like uh, since I'm working on fairies there's going to be a lot of things that are more ground level like seeing plants from like up close like on a, like more of a macro scale and like all those different textures that are in the plants and like the way the light hits through it. So there's a whole process, there's a whole part of the process where I'm trying to understand those different elements in the same way that I understand figure drawing, but to not overdo it to the point where I overpaint things and just keep things gestural. So it's trying to not be too too anatomical and still have fun. So I'm kind of like in that learning zone where I'm still like figuring things out and, and, and getting the style that I want. When uh, do you think that you, you know, how do you figure out the magic? That I, I'm trying to figure it out what you do to have magic in a paint. 
I mean, I mean, I've seen paintings of Merlin and stuff <laughs> like that, but it, you know, it just shows him it was his hand and maybe little sparkles around him and stuff like that. Is that the kind of thing? <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of like that. Like uh, with some of the books that I've done recently, uh, they are they're not out yet, so you can't see them. <laughs> but like you'll start to see like the different magic effects that I have been um, that I've been develop developing, and I, I've wanted to illustrate magic a lot better for years. It's just a lot of the time that I spend working, I don't get to do like personal stuff. So, like, it's really cool when I have projects that can be learning experiences for me, too, because I can kind of wrap the learning process into the actual working process. Have I ever mentioned I love magic? <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> so. I love magic. I love movies about magic. I love TV shows. I like books. And I love going to magic shows. I just, I always have. In fact... I recently got a special edition of David Copperfield's book about his museum of magic. It is so cool. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's all about the whole history. He's really into magic. I mean, not just his own stuff, but he has, he in his museum, he has the whole history of magic. And the public's not allowed in because the how the magic is done is part of what he has in his museum. Only magicians and uh, researchers are allowed to go. So the book was his way of sharing it with the public. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I haven't been to a mag magic show in a while. Oh, I love those. I love magic shows. I, I, um, when I lived in L.A., I went to the Magic Castle a few times, which is, you, if you ever go back to Los Angeles, you've got to go to the Magic Castle. If you love magic, uh, you, you, you um, see if you can find a person who's into magic, uh, because they can give you, like, a, a pass. If, even though you're not a magician, they can give you a pass, like, for two people to go. I mean, it's so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's really um, so much fun. I've been I I I've gone to magic shows all over, um, not just there, but when was the last time you went to a magic show? Uh, it was at a birthday party on some unknown year a long time ago. <laughs> that was the last time. <laughs> Whoa! You got to You got to come up to the modern day, girl. <laughs> well, I need to I need to get out more in general. <laughs> so, like uh. The, past couple of years have just been a lot of stress and a lot of work, so I haven't had, like, opportunities to go out and explore stuff, and uh, before then, I was just broke. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> that one I got. So <laughs> I'm in a better place, like, right now to where I can do it, do stuff, and I'm trying. Like, I just set, like, different things aside, try to find somebody to go with me and, you know, buy tickets and stuff, so a lot of things that I've wanted to do over the past, you know, couple of years, I'm trying to make the time to do that. Yeah. It's just mostly the work that's, that's gotten in the way. So yeah. it's like, okay, I solved one problem. Now I have something else that's kind of like, you know, making things a bit difficult. But it's a it's a good it's a good problem to have to be busy. Yeah, you want so, to be busy. You just so yeah. But if you love magic, you gotta go a modern magic show because it's so different now than it used to be. <laughs> It's so performative, you know? It's just, it's so cool. Um, that's because of people like David Copperfield and, and Doug, oh, what's his last name, Doug? Oh, my God, I blanked out. He was a great magician. He passed away. Um, but because they did real performance art as well as magic, that's the way it is now. I mean, it really picked up from what they did and went, pretty wild on it I just I, it's so different <laughs> you gotta see it you gotta see it B. <laughs> well that will be on my to-do list for 2024 <laughs> so go find some magic shows some real magic shows that's not at somebody's birthday not party. birthday party 
<laughs> yeah, because that's pretty much old-fashioned stuff that they do there. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's for kids, so it can't be, you know, wild and scary. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, but I love that stuff. Um, this is a strange transition, but I wanted to ask you, how did it come about that you became a judge for the Writers of the Future? Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, like, how, how it is for, you know, some of the other judges, but I was an alumni, um, I think the year that I had, I had won a grand prize for illustrators of the future back in 2008, and, uh, you know, I was just, a, a, you know, in college, trying to, you know, pay my way through college, so I had done, like, a lot of, uh, scholarships and was doing a lot of art contests, you know, to try to pay my way because college is expensive. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, but that was a really great experience. I ended up winning grand prize, and uh, they really, uh, the, the people that I met, like the, the judges that I had met at that time, um, really opened the world, or opened the door for me, um, opened my eyes to a lot of things. It was my first time being around other artists that were just as passionate as I am because I was pretty much just a weird kid that liked to draw everywhere else. <laughs> so, you know, I was just really connected to it. And um, it was like being a, in an environment with people that really believed in me and believed in what I wanted to do. So, like, when uh, over the years, I just tried to make sure that I was always available. Like, when I got invited back, for, uh, I think it was a anniversary. I had gotten invited back a few times. Um, I just wanted to make myself available and, and be involved as much as possible because it's like the one time of the year, like when I had those opportunities where I got to be surrounded by, you know, a lot of like-minded, passionate artists and I could learn from them. Otherwise, you know, I'm very pretty isolated, you know? <laughs> I'm just pretty much in my own world, in my own space, like doing illustrations. So um, I think like over the over time, like just from my perspective, just being invested in those moments, I think uh, that helped. Um, and, you know, fostering long-lasting relationships with some of the people that I've met. And uh, also I, there were a few times when, I had events, like when I started to pick up more legitimate work, uh, when I had events I, that were actually, like, down the street from author services, I asked them to be a part of it, you know, because this is my support network, and, you know, I, I trust these people, and um, they've, they've had my back, and I wanted them to be there. So it's, I, I feel like over the years, I've, I've built good relationships, and I've always been passionate about um, meeting new artists and getting to know them and um, sharing my insights because my perspective is a bit different from some of the other illustrators. All the illustrators and all the judges, we all come from different backgrounds. And I think having that uh, wealth of knowledge, that wealth, the wealth of different backgrounds is very useful. And I feel that over the years, my struggles and, like, the things that I went through and, like, the triumphs that I've made have given me a wealth of information that can be valuable to young artists or artists that are coming up or maybe even artists that are interested in my field, like people who may have felt that they couldn't make it as an artist, like I felt, <laughs> you know, uh, for a while, that there are ways that you can kind of overcome those different setbacks based on choices that you make. So just from my perspective, I think that uh, the relationships that I've built over the years, the experience that I've built over the years through my different struggles and things like that and the information that I can provide from, like, the perspective of somebody that, um, you know, has to really struggle through a lot of stuff. And that's not to say that other artists didn't have the struggles. There's, you know, everybody struggles different. Uh, the fights that everybody has to go through is different. But, you know, having that perspective there 
can help like reach other people that are in similar positions that I that I should have. And I think giving back is one of the big things that everybody tries to do. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, and I, I do love giving back, and um, that's that's where my passion has always been because I feel that my experiences with uh, illustrators of the future they they did give me a lot of the tools that I needed to succeed. It was just a matter of me applying them. You know, sometimes it takes a long time for, you know, certain things that you do to produce fruit. <laughs> yeah. But like for me, it's a, you know, for, for me, uh, that was 2008, a good 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to start seeing fruit. But there's a lot of experience that came from that. So they've, they've watched me kind of come through all that. You know, they... Uh, check on me every now and again, you know, see what I'm doing, what I'm up to. In some years, I didn't have anything going on, and other years, I'm like, I have a lot going on, yeah. you know? Um, and certain opportunities came through for me. And, like, when I had got uh, one of my first, like, really big jobs, uh, I had got an email about it. I wasn't even sure if it was legitimate or not because I've been I've been burned a lot, you know, in this, in this business, unfortunately. So I'm like getting contracts or or getting offers for uh, book deals, and I'm like I don't even know if this is legitimate. <laughs> so I reached out to them and I asked I, I asked uh, Echo and Lazarus is this, is, and and and, uh, and uh, John Goodwin if this is uh, legitimate, like based on the language of the email, and they gave me the go ahead to go for it, and I did and. That one job opened up so many more doors for me. So now I'm like working on my own book now from that one interaction. So, you know, it's it's been quite the experience. Um, I feel like it's been a real uh, get it out the mud situation. If that's the <laughs> term that they still use. <laughs> so, but I'm happy to share that information and like the different art industries that I've been in because I've, I've worked in uh, book covers, uh, children's books. I've done uh, concept art, character design. I've worked with um, some different social media websites or gaming websites, a lot of freelance. I've pretty much dibbled and dabbled in a lot of different fields just trying to make ends meet. And I learned. I took something from each of those different fields that I was in, and it's it's made me. It's allowed me to um, create unique processes for myself that allow me to work really fast and really efficiently. And uh, it's actually made me an asset with like my agency and the, like the the things that I've been able to that I've been able to do. So. It's just like we're still working through like some things with like time management because I tend to like overwork myself and I got to do better with that. But, um, you know, I've been uh, getting more into art direction and uh, working with editors more like in, in developing like the look and feel of, of different books because sometimes that work is done for you uh, depending on the type of book that you have or the publishing house that you're working with. Um, but it's just a wealth of information that I feel that I have I can share. And uh, I really do enjoy, like, when I do get to come because I get to try and connect with the other artists and share those experiences, especially to those that that um, that are interested in it. Everybody has their own needs or, you know, when they come in there. I, I mean, there are some people that, um, you know, what I've learned wouldn't be as useful for, you know, as, what one of the other judges would, you know, be able to compensate for, but you know, that's that's just where I'm coming from with it. Do you teach the workshops? Uh, I do teach. I don't. Teach, I, I do teach like um, a bit of the workshops. Like the last time I was there, I did like I think I did three hours where I had taught and uh, I, I do it like an assignment with the, with the winners. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, but yeah, so a lot of the a lot of the judges that do come uh, do have a moment where they can teach and and share their insights. So I'm still developing that, <laughs> like like on my end, um, you know, because the, my process can kind of change, to, you know, each year depending on what what it is that I'm faced with. But um, the ones that I have done, people have responded really well to, which I think is really good. Well, that's good. And are you going to um, are do you go and uh, to different uh, places like conventions or or uh, affairs or something like that? Uh, I used to do um, I used to do conventions a lot more than I do now. <laughs> so I would like to like if I were to do conventions. Um, well, I, I've never been to a convention where I actually sold my own artwork. I was usually buying somebody else's. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you know, that whole process of uh, making prints and, you know, doing all of that, that's a lot of work. I've been trying to do that, but I tend to get overwhelmed with a lot of the work that I have, and I don't really have a lot of time to work on my own personal stuff that I want to be represented by. Um, so a lot of times my stuff, the work that I do ends up in books or uh, in marketing material. Um, but I am trying to uh, set myself up in such a way where I have more free time in the year to explore, like creating my own artwork um, that's inspired by me. That's something that I've been working for, towards for the past couple of years to really open myself up. Uh, time-wise where I can dedicate to my own ideas so that I can actually attempt a convention. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never been to that point yet. But so far right now, uh, the stuff that I have done, I've done, like, workshops with people. Um, I, I somehow landed that a few times. <laughs> I've done one-on-one uh, -on -one mentorships. Uh, and... I do like book signing or book signings or library events. So actually, um, in a couple of days, I'll be doing an event um, not far from me where I'll be demonstrating, I'll be promoting one of my books uh, and some of my other books and uh, talking to, uh, to groups of different children. But I think they're more like kindergarten age but doing draw-alongs where they get to draw with me and doing uh, drawing demonstrations and things like that. So I get to show people my uh, process doing digital art. And I've done that a few times where since I do paint on the computer, I have a um, HDMI setup where I can uh, share my screen. And I usually share my screen and just demonstrate doing an illustration like right in front of people. And I try to do one where um, the audience can be involved. So I had this one event that I had went to, which was um, Young Girls for Science and Education. It was a library that had this event where they had all these uh, young girls from these different schools and different communities. They all came together to learn, and they would travel and things like that. It was really cool. So they had invited me as one of their guests. And uh, I did a demonstration, like after um, we hung out and, and everything, I did a demonstration where I asked all the students to pick one of the girls that they wanted that they wanted me to draw. I think that's how I did it. <laughs> I changed it up every now and again. But uh, they picked a shy girl, so I did an illustration of a shy girl, um, the, uh, of the girl. I had her sit, sit next to me. And I did a quick illustration for her. It was a demonstration for everybody to see how I how I work through a process. And she got a picture out of it. Hey, and that's it cool. Really <laughs> it was really cute, and she was really happy with it. Uh, and um, that went really well. So I, I was able to um, build some really good foundational relationships with those people, like through that experience. So I try to connect with people at the events that I go to. Uh, do fun little quick things like that. So hopefully the one I go to in a couple of days will go well and there's not a lot of technical difficulties, <laughs> but we shall see. Um, I think that's fun. I think that's great. We're coming to the end. 
Uh, do you have a website? Uh, yes. My website is begifted.com, and that's B-E-A-G-I-F-T-E-D.com. And uh, what social media are you on, and what are your handles on them? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, updated in a while, but hopefully soon. Uh, but Instagram, let me see what my handle is. I think it's B.Gifted. Okay. <laughs> but I, pretty much, if you type in, like, the search, if you type in, like, a Google or maybe search engine, uh, B.Gifted, B-A-D-I-S-T-U-D, you'll come up with, like, all my all my handles. So it's the same on ArtStation, DeviantArt, my website, uh, Instagram. That's just the easiest way to find me. Okay. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with me. I hope you've had fun. Thank you, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to interview me. <laughs> You're welcome. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. With the holidays upon us, the increase in traveling, shopping, and connecting online also heightens the need to protect your identity and finances with LifeLock. Identity thieves see this time of year as an opportunity to drain your accounts, open new loans in your name, and damage your financial future. LifeLock detects and alerts you to threats you might miss on your own. Don't let the busy holiday season catch you off guard. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.